What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Mintz. And I'm Jordan Schusterman. And we are the hosts of Baseball Barbacast. And we are so excited to be back recording a podcast together Monday, Wednesday, Friday, for the 2024 Major League Baseball season. I am so excited for this year, Jake. Yeah, we are here with Yahoo Sports. Our time off of podcasting has weighed on me heavy. I've been delivering baseball takes to inanimate objects. So I'm rearing to get back to talking ball with my buddy. So join us on Baseball Barbercast. We're going to have a good time. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Liz Lozer. We've got Matt Harmon back. And a quick reminder, you can sign up for Fantasy Football League right now over at Yahoo Sports. Matt, we got to talk about something. Congratulations. I don't think we've been on the show together since you've gotten engaged. No, yeah, we haven't. It feels like we haven't been on, I, we haven't been on the show together since I left for this trip back to the East Coast. So it's been uh, quite a long time. Uh, thank you so much, Liz. I I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, we are very very happy for you. But um, I mean this in the best way possible. I think we might have <laughs> to pump the brakes on planning the wedding because hopefully we have football back. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> this is uh, I think like fall and winter is forever off limits, anyways. So I mean, regardless, this is a uh, ho- hopefully we have football season. But yeah, I don't think it'll it's going to conflict with that, anyways. So we've got training camps, kind of. I mean, yeah, they're, that's what we're calling these things where um, people get tested for a virus <laughs> we have yet to have a vaccine or cure for, and also physicals. And um, we've got Yahoo's very own NFL senior writer, Charles Robinson, here to tell us about it. Hello, Charles. Welcome to the Fantasy Cast. Thank you for having me. I am uh, have mullet, will travel, so I <laughs> no, am... No, you cannot uh, travel, friend. <laughs> <That's>, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I'll tell you what, the second they send me on the road is the second my hair finally gets cut. Has not been cut since the third week of January, so I'm, uh, I'm setting a, a record here. Well, um, this is going to be a real seamless transition. Let's talk about opting out of the 2020 NFL season. You're opting, or Dawn is opting out of having to give you a haircut, and Damian Williams is opting out of um, yeah. this whole process. I told you it was going to be not high and tight by any means. So, um, <laughs> Charles, you and Therese Paler are um, to co-host the Yahoo NFL podcast. He is uh, Yahoo Sports' other NFL senior writer, what I, I have to be honest, I listened to your most recent podcast. Things seem a little bit bananas, but you two have been on the pulse of all of it. Like, like since March, you guys have been breaking news. You've talked about how this has been the least restful and recuperative offseason you've had in your long career. Let's talk about the coronavirus opt-outs first, and let's start with Damian Williams because obviously he is attached to the Super Bowl champion team. And also, yeah. um, the guard, uh, uh, Tardif, was the first, yes. I believe, NFL player to opt out altogether. Yep. Also at Kansas City. Yeah, Laurent Duvarney Tardif Thank you. was the first to to take that plunge. Yeah, I don't. I look. There's no doubt, Damien Williams. Um, that's just a massive hole there for Kansas City. And I here's the thing. Um, 
obviously you draft a, a running back in, in the first round in Edwards Hilaire. Um, I think he was going to get a lot of run. He was going to be someone that, that I think a lot of fantasy football owners were going to want to have, um, you know, on their roster this year, particularly in that system. But I think the thing that concerns me now is the, the one thing, if I were, you know, doing training camps right now, and anytime I would go in and talk to teams about a rookie coming in, every coach bar none is like, this guy can't pass block. Like we got a problem. He's going to get our guy killed, you know, give us half a season before we can figure it out. Um, he definitely won't be a guy who's going to be on the field every down. So, um, look, opportunity is going to be there. I think for Edwards Hilaire, I think one of the things that's going to be important early on, and as you said, they've already lost some offensive line depth is when he's on the field, um, is it simply because he's look he's in a in a package where he's absolutely going to be used, or are they going to be able to put him on the field in situations where they have some options at the line of scrimmage? He's not going to get Pat Mahomes killed, God forbid, Pat Mahomes, uh, particularly considering he's going to be on the revenge tour after being named <laughs> what fourth in the NFL 100. Um, yeah, that'll factor in. So, I, but you made a point, and I thought this was a good point. Maybe it means that there's some run there for another running back who's not necessarily Edwards Hilaire. Well, Twitter, by the way, did not like that take. One <laughs> iota. Twitter doesn't you. like any take, Liz. Come on. Like, I no mean, one is Twitter. No takes are, are okay. I got dragged. And, like, I think, I mean, Matt has seen me get eaten by trolls before. And I, I'd like to think that, like, I'm, I'm okay with it. Like, I'm not okay with it. But I've learned to deal with it. I don't exist in this space with letting those that particular genre of person get my energy my energy is mine and I'm not giving it away to anybody who doesn't deserve it so I do I will say I saw the news break and I was like oh yeah of course Clyde Edwards Hilaire first round draft pick awesome standout but also maybe this means that LaShawn McCoy isn't done in Kansas City and well, then I got I, got I mean look you you were right he's not done he signed with the Bucks like five minutes before we got on here Oh, he did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter, right now is getting ready for the drag. Look, uh, uh, it, regardless of of where um, Shady ended up, it the point being is, don't just all automatically assume. Well, Jesus is all just going to fall in the rookie's lap. Now, again, I do think that he was taken um, for opportunity there, but again, I cannot stress this enough. He's not going to get touches in the backfield. Um, or he's not going to be on the field the number of snaps you're going to want if he cannot protect Pat Mahomes in situations that call for it. And we won't know that until we, we see some run. And guess what? There's no preseason games. No preseason, games. baby. Yeah, the worst, <laughs> of, the worst time of all to have a rookie running back now. Um, who you need to protect the best player in the league is now because there's no preseason to see how much. And, and not only no preseason, let's remember there's no contact. There's no padded practices for three weeks. Um, this entire preseason is geared toward uh, limiting contact, you know, eliminating, mm-hmm. mitigating risk. And um, that's not a good uh, that's not a good thing to have. So they're going to lean on whoever they think knows the scheme well, whoever they think can stack up and, and make sure that Pat Mahomes doesn't get killed. Um, now, it does help that Pat Mahomes can move. OK, mm-hmm. it does help that, you know, Pat Mahomes has a, a cannon. All those things are are positives, but um, not good to lose someone that I think would have gotten a healthy amount of touches and run this season and had the experience to pick up any slack. And God forbid your rookie 
that you just drafted in the first round now suffers any kind of an injury. Um, now, all of a sudden, you're very thin in the backfield in terms of uh, not only talent, but also experience. Let's talk about other big names. Um, two names that come to mind immediately. Marquise Goodwin, who Matt forgot was even <laughs> added to the Eagles about a month yep. ago. Um, and then also, RIP, my hottest take of the season, Devin Funches opting out from Green Bay. So now, you know, regardless of what it means for those individual players' potential fantasy value, those are receiving cores um, that had a lot of question marks and coming and were very shallow, let's say, in 2019, regardless of the pieces that were added or in Green Bay's case, not added heading into this yeah. fall. Yeah, look, I mean, good one. Um was looking for the renaissance, okay? I mean, that was the way things ended um, in, in San Francisco for him. Um, was not pleasant. You know, there was a time where Kyle Shanahan was going to turn this guy into, you know, your legit number one guy with speed. And then, you know, there were all kinds of things that, you know, injury-wise, I think there was some commitment questions from the front office with him. So this was supposed to be the big turnaround for his career. And mm-hmm. then to have him opt out, I don't know, you know, it creates questions. So um, they have not had health in in the wide receiving core. I think that is problematic. They did they they needed depth there. Um, so losing him just slides the look, Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, <laughs> these are people who need, you know, they need to be on the field, period. And and it's not like they can't be productive when they're on the field, but um I would be worried about Carson Wentz because to me Again, you can't trust the depth um, in Philly at wide receiver. And I think this is just another one of those situations where it creates um, a question mark. And, oh, by the way, the Eagles are going to be in cap hell next year. I'm going to yeah. tell you something right now. And people people should start to think about this now because if there is a full season, I'm just telling you now, if things don't go well early in Philly and the trade deadline rolls around, they're going to be looking to shed – some players, okay, and and if you're you know if you're sitting there and you're banking on Carson Wentz, you better hope the offense gets off to a good start because if they get to the trade deadline and things aren't going well, that cap shedding could start at the trade deadline. You mentioned Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, been reported that he's expected to start on the pup list coming off of the list Frank foot injury. <laughs> Are you hearing the same thing? Yeah, I mean, he's not, look, Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah, it's it's that's but that's my point. It's that if because what we're really talking about when Goodwin goes out, what we're really talking about is I, I still think it comes back to the quarterback because who suffers the most mm-hmm. when Phillies had issues in the wide receiving core? It's Carson Wentz, and and thus far the people who are supposed to be healthy for them and showing up are not showing up. And Deshaun Jackson. We all saw how the offense changed as soon as you took away the player um, that couldn't tear the top off the defense. Now, you know, look, Jalen Rager's coming in there, and they mm-hmm. drafted him pretty high, and they felt pretty good about him. Um, I think they felt better about him. You know, look, they felt better about him than a number of teams did. Um, but it's a lot, again, to ask of a, of a rookie wide receiver, you know, to contribute in a big way early on. Um, but here we are. You, it's going to be expected. So, I just, again, I worry about Carson Wentz. I worry about the salary cap burden and how that starts to weigh on that franchise if things don't come out of the gate quickly. And I know Doug Peterson said, hey, I think I'm fine. You know, things are fine and we're good. And I don't know about that. I don't know Mm. about that. I'm telling you, if this does not go well in Philly early on, there's going to be a lot of talk about Doug Peterson's job. Mm. Never good for a quarterback, never good for chemistry. And already you got a player that you hope to lean on who's opted out. 
Yeah, I mean, it, Rager's really going to have to be like the best rookie receiver this year, I think, for the Eagles offense to work out because, I mean, the same they're looking at the same problem right now, like you said, Charles, that they've had really the last two years is that they're looking like they're going to be a small ball offense, you know, tight ends, running backs coming out of the backfield, slot receivers. I I think if, and I've been pretty skeptical that any rookie is going to have a big time impact this year because of just the truncated off season and how everything has been, you know, so problematic. I I think that Rager is going to have to be the exception to that rule. If the Eagles offense is going to get off on a hot, on a hot start. And I, I agree with you. I think, I think he I mean I think he can be really good. I'm I'm excited about Jalen Rager. I know other people are not, but I I think that there's a lot of opportunity there and I would be interested in him, you know, post round 9 10 in fantasy. He's going around the same place in fantasy as Justin Jefferson. They're going virtually back to back in the double digit rounds, but my question and I guess I'll pose this to Charles as well about Rager is that I mean the knock against him coming out of TCU was that he wasn't utilized as a prototypical wide receiver. He was utilized in all these gadgety ways because of the poor quarterback play. And so he hasn't had traditional reps. And if he's being asked to make an immediate impact as a pro-ready outside or Z receiver, I don't know if he's had, frankly, the opportunity previous to this moment to do that realistically. Yeah. Look, to be fair, his quarterback was terrible. I mean, it was a really bad quarterback situation there. So there is... I'm glad you brought that up because that's a good point. And and the the funny thing though is I think that the sort of gadgety ways that you get used in a college system now, hey, there's no problem with that because frankly, teams are more than happy to use you in a gadgety way. Um, you know, coming out of out of, out of college now, they're 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 happy to fold that in. Jalen hurts. <laughs> I'm sure they're going to find ways to get him mm. on the field. I, if anything, I would say that. Um, the one guy, if he can be healthy again, you know, Miles Sanders is a guy that I, I think 2020 has, if you have the right running back who can catch the ball, who can run it, who can stay on the field every single down, it's going to be a great year for those guys. Because that's, to me, the one thing about running backs, um, most of these guys are plug and play. Like that's the yeah. easy, that's the easy transition guy. And so for me, if you're looking for someone who's going to take that big step, Miles Sanders was brilliant down the stretch last year for Philly. I think that should only continue this year if he's healthy. And again, on a short truncated, as Matt called it, sort of the truncated offseason, the truncated preseason, the no contact, all these different things. Who do you want to go to? Well, keep your quarterback safe early on. You're going to go to your running back. Like, give him the ball, let him hit the hole, you know, get the running games going first, which is what I expect a lot of NFL teams do, will do to protect your quarterback early while you work out the chemistry on the offensive line and in the wide receiving court. Hmm. You brought up a lot of interesting things there. I, w- I want to move to Tampa Bay, not just because they apparently signed Shady McCoy three minutes before we hit record, but, um, <laughs> you know, that backfield has been a bit of a mess and their rookie running back, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn is being reported to be the the back, the third string backup behind. Here we go. Matt Dare, Ungawal Nuzman and um, Ronald Jones. And Charles, you and Therese, I thought, made really interesting and thought-provoking points about Tampa Bay's offense, not just because of chemistry and Tom Brady's um, addition there uh, and and how chemistry needs to be built, but also whose offense is this? Is it BA's or TB's offense? Right. And also Tom Brady and the rules seem to be not necessarily in um, Simpatico. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> I think Tom Brady probably broke a lot of rules yeah. this offseason. Like not only but look, the team's like stop working out with guys and he did it anyway. He's rolling up into some stranger's house thinking he's going to meet with Byron Leftwich. He's not even supposed to be meeting with the offensive coaches, but they're like, he's just picking up the playbook. Like yeah, this is okay. <laughs> like this awesome is how stuff, things Tom. go. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, listen, when you're in your mid 40s and you're a quarterback and you got to make sure you you beat Bill this year in the the total wins and oh my god, to get a ring in Tampa would just be the biggest f you ever to everybody. Um Seriously. you probably grease some things. Look, I here's the thing that I would say about LaShawn McCoy that's in, that's important here. Ronald Jones um it is he drove Tampa nuts. Okay, yeah. for the long since taking him, it's like is this Good God. Like, is this guy going to pick up the offense? Good God. Hit a hole. Be healthy. You know, be in shape. All these different things. Let me tell you what's not going to fly with Tom Brady. That. Okay? Like, if you... if you, I'll tell you a good story about, about Tom Brady. Jacoby Brissett, when he shared the quarterback room with Tom Brady in, in New England, uh, somebody told me the story about how the quarterback's coach would ask Brissett questions. And if Brissett did not answer instantaneously... Tom would answer the question and then he would turn to Jacoby Brissett and say, get your together, be ready. Like, let's go. And I'm going to tell you right now, you think that's going to change with a running back? No, you better be a veteran. You better be on it. You better be like ready to go. And if you're not, that's to me, that's LaShawn McCoy. Like you're like, look, Ronald Jones, like, Hey, you weren't with it before. We're not going to go through this again. Cause Tom's not going to put up with it. Yeah. I mean, Ronald Jones, like there had been a decent bounce back after the draft. Like people had started, you know, after the draft, everybody's very excited about Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, people were, you know, ready to say like, he could be one of the best rookie backs this year because of the situation. But it seemed like the tenor and the tone and the ADP had started to push Vaughn down and bring Jones back up. up. But, and I could see the logic in that because Jones has, you know, flashed at different times. He was a decent fantasy flex to end last year. But my thing has always been what Charles just said, is that he is like a frustrating guy, not just in the running game, but also in the passing game. He's never been an experienced receiver. And, you know, I think that LaShawn McCoy, like inactive in the Super Bowl, probably closer to that to done than not but yeah sure there there this offense is probably going to flow through the passing game anyways and McCoy is a competent receiver probably going to know just like you said Charles be in the right position so that doesn't mean I'm drafting LaShawn McCoy but it might mean that I'm avoiding everybody else well here and here here's the thing too that I would say and I mean Liz Matt you guys know this better than anybody Tom's coming to to Tampa and, you know, Bruce Arians can say whatever he wants about it being an offense that Tom's adjusting to and all these things. But I'm sorry, you don't come out of a system in New England where you swap out running backs like nothing, where it's like, hey, you know, whoever the right guy is this week is the right guy. Do you think that's not going to be the case in Tampa? Hell no. Like whatever. The the thing about Tom Brady is um, and that's the advantage that you have, you know, when it's the goat, when it's someone who's, you know, this age and played that position and such an expert at it. And oh, by the way, you went and got Gronk who can help implement it is you can tailor your offensive set that week toward who you're playing. And that doesn't mean that there's a one back. It doesn't like it's always going to be a committee situation. I would be stunned if all of a sudden Tom Brady steps into Tampa and it's like, hey, guess what? This is Corey Dillon's peak in in New England where 
it's a season where one back is getting every single carry. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think this is going to have, there are going to be a lot of tenets in that offense that lean into the way that New England diversified itself from week to week. And why wouldn't you do that? You just took two of the best players from the best run in football ever who know how to tweak an offense from week to week and a scheme to suit your opponent. But by the way, too, you mentioned Bruce Arians. I'll never forget uh, when he was with the Cardinals, they had David Johnson, who looked like, you know, an utter freak show. And they ran Chris Johnson out ahead of him to start that season. And, you know, it, Chris looked D-U-N done as a runner, but he <laughs> could pick up the assignments, knew where he was going, was much more just ready to play running back than David Johnson was. So I think that is also the case with Bruce Arians, too. I think those guys will probably be on the same page when it comes to the running back position. Yeah, a dude that was, as you said, done and had like bullet fragments lodged into his torso, had to break his legs to give <laughs> yeah. David Johnson a shot. Yeah. Let's just good, last. Good callback, by the way. We I'd forgotten that Chris Johnson was shot. I forgot, like I completely forgot him. I mean, it's not a laughing matter, but oh my God, like I, I forgot about that. And yet that's the guy that you roll out to start the season. I, I would I would say that we could probably expect Bruce to lean into experience and who could, Hey, it's just like we talked about in Kansas city. Like you're not trying to get Tom Brady killed. All right. Yeah. You're not trying to get him hit or touched or have a running back go the wrong way on, you know, a call or a line call. There's, there's going to be a lot of expectation there. So, so I wouldn't, this, I wouldn't, this makes sense though, right? Like Kansas city wants to keep Patrick Mahomes healthy. Uh, Tampa Bay wants to keep Tom Brady healthy. The last team specific COVID related squad I want to talk about is Green Bay because I'm not sure that Matt yeah. LaFleur is very interested in protecting Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Definitely not his ego. Well, listen. I don't know um, what, who has a bigger ego, frankly. Like, Rodgers is more public-facing, and I think he maybe gets it, but I don't think that Matt LaFleur <laughs> is a shrinking violet or a shrinking fleur. I mean... What it would four four fingers four fingers of vodka is all that tequila. we. Tequila. No, I'm sorry. Don't, tequila. Don't be, don't tequila. be unreasonable. That's right. Jeez, don't get that wrong. <laughs> like I don't, he should have said what brand it was. I'm like, man, that's a, that's a sales opportunity. Like if there is not a um, what was the what was the tequila brand that that pitched the Peloton girl after she had the horrible experience? It was Ryan Re- Reynolds. AV uh, wasn't Avion, Avion or whatever it was. Avion. Uh, Avion. There is an Avion opportunity for Aaron Rodgers staring into the camera to do his his like. Oh my God! I just he's had no a bad Peyton time. Manning when it comes to that stuff, you know. Yeah, he's not. Look, I will say this about Funches. Okay, this was my reaction to Funches when Funches opted out. I was like, "Haven't you been opting out since like 2017?" <laughs> like, like honestly, like we can we can talk about Devin Funches, but. It wasn't even a good. Look, I'm sorry. It wasn't a good free agency pickup. Like he's it wasn't. Twenty six years old though. I don't. Uh, okay, but he he's produced one year in his entire career. He's produced one year. And oh, by the way, look at his targets versus catches. That dude caught half of what was thrown in his direction. That doesn't fly. Like Rodgers, you want to you want to lose Aaron Rodgers' trust pretty quickly. Go back and put on the film of the wide receivers he's been playing with the last couple of years and ask yourself, why is he not thrown to some of these guys? Because he doesn't trust them. Mm-hmm. If they're not going to catch the ball, to me, Devin Funches, I was like, here's what's going to happen. Funches is going to come out. He's going to look the part. He's going to be young. All the, you know, the writers in Green Bay are going to get hyped and excited because he looks good running around the field. 
then we're going to play some games and he's going to drop passes or he's not going to, you know, he's going to alligator arm some stuff or it's not going to work out. And Roger's going to yell at him and he's going to be pissed off. And this is all going to become a, a conversation pretty quickly about how this turned out to be kind of a feeble attempt to address needing to get Aaron Rodgers another piece. Well, guess what? We're there already because the dude just opted out. Like, I'm not I'm not criticizing anybody for opting out. I applaud you for doing it. You're giving up a year of your productivity on a level that that's like giving up, you know, a, a you know platinum mine in your backyard at this point. But it it this I don't think was going to be great anyway. And all it did was speed up the conversation we were having about how Green Bay screwed up in addressing what Aaron Rodgers was going to have at his disposal. All right, we, we got to let you go because you're a busy guy. But before we do, I want you to just talk about some of the COVID-19 uh, and camp protocols for those of us who might not know. Obviously, when we woke up, I went to bed on Sunday night smiling because the Dodgers were playing and woke up on Monday morning to see that the entirety of the Marlins team and coaching staff had yeah. tested positive for COVID. So obviously, there's been some reaction from the NFL based on what's happening in the MLB. It's another non-bubble situation. The Bills just sent rookies home, according to ESPN. Talk a little bit about that and any expectations we should set moving forward. Yeah, so the everybody's infectious disease emergency response plan, their IDER plan, um, has now been hammered out, which is great. But um, again, some of the things that are happening. So when I've talked to guys, it's a completely weird start and, and players aren't even in the building. First off, I'm talking to personnel people who are like, man, I'm going home at like six o'clock. Like, this is so weird. And they're like, cause there's nothing to do. They're like, I'm like, well, what's your, so I'm going to end up writing this, I think eventually. But I was like, you know, one guy, I was like, well, what's your day? Like, he's like, dude, I wake up at 4am. I go get the nose swaps. <laughs> he's like, and then I go in and he's like, but there's just not a ton to do. And so it's just sort of like you're waiting around and then, Hey, you go home and he said to me, I, I had asked him something about his team and a player and some stuff. And he said, look, he's like, I'll be honest with you. I'd love to I'd love to tell you, but I don't even get to see the general manager. His door has been closed the first two days he was in. He was like, his door's closed all day. And he's like, I don't know if that's because something's going on or if because it's a, like a protocol. He's like, it might just be a protocol where he's not allowed to have the door open because he doesn't want to get sick. Um, it's you know, it's surreal. And then you're going to get guys in and they're going to meet in small groups and we won't know anything like check in after the 21st day of camp. When, when people get into pads, that's when we're going to start to find out how far behind, um, individuals are. And I still, I I'm telling you, I don't think we're going to know really anything meaningful about these teams until we get a couple games in the books, because I think it's going to be sloppy. Everybody's going to be way behind. I would expect, defenses to be so far ahead of everyone else uh when the season kicks off um it's just a weird one it's uh it's every and and by the way everyone is on eggshells like everyone is just freaked out about what's going to happen when when someone tests positive in their organization well you've given matt and i a lot to discuss for the rest of the show i know you're getting you've got to go because you have to go record the yahoo nfl podcast which everybody should be subscribing to available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcast. Thank you, Charles. Give everybody your uh, Twitter handle, since I know you're not on Instagram, so they can yes, uh, at- follow you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I don't have the Instagram. I'm not on the gram. I don't have that brand going. I still get yelled at because my picture's not on my Twitter account. Um, it's <laughs> at Charles Robinson. We need to have some synergy between the two podcasts this season. So I think there needs to be – maybe we need to do a swap week 
where it's, you know, it's it's Liz oh, and Charles or Matt and Charles and Therese and Liz or Therese and Matt. Maybe we'll do, you know, one of those mix up mix like, you know, when we were kids and we well, no, you you're both so young. You didn't have the Saturday <laughs> cartoons where they did the brand crossover. But you do have Marvel and the Avengers. There's a lot of brand crossover there. We need to do that. I, I may nice. do it, but tra- but uh, I will say Therese's she has often messed me up. Um. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Charles. Uh, stay safe. Thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you later. Yes, Thanks, Charles. Thank you for having me. See you guys. Okay, Matt. So according to Charles, um, we probably shouldn't have a fantasy draft until the season starts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right like is it, the rule is usually wait till the third week of the preseason is over when you see the starters it's like who gives a shit at this point i mean what, what is it nothing matters now i mean i was like as i'm sitting there i was like okay well i know most practices aren't really like gonna like teams aren't gonna get on the fields because it is this week uh, most people are getting the no swabs and getting physicals and there's gonna be another kind of round of that maybe some playbook yeah. stuff next week and it's not going to be until august 17th ish the teams get actually like on the grass on the field Um, yeah yeah you know on the turf and so um we're gonna have to do a lot of moving around and adjusting and I think you know I will say the one thing I am proud that you and I in particular have been talking about this and the possibility of this for months right we are not like whoa this is where did this come from i mean i did feel that a little bit when i saw the mlb happen but like yeah that was mostly about football in general not fantasy i mean i did the i i agree with what you're saying like i did the the breaking news hit for damian williams opting out and as soon as i hit stop on the recorder i'm like that was ultra weird that I just did a like a breaking news hit on this guy's not playing football because there's a deadly virus rolling around. But I, I agree. Like, I'm glad that we have been realistic about this because I think so, so many people I, – I feel like I've said this a lot on the pod, but I'm going to say it again. I feel like a lot of other people have approached this as like it's any other football season and, you know, whatever. It's like what you just can't – you cannot do. And if you did – like reality must have slapped you in the face by now. I saw a damn video on the NFL's Instagram account of the Colts doing like a walkthrough or whatever. And the quarterback and the receiver, they're both wearing masks. I'm like, this is the most dystopian weird thing I've ever seen. I saw the same thing. And I was like, Philip Rivers walking around with the bandana over his. Yeah, it course. was all. Bandana. It was so intense. But also, I will say this because we do tend on this brand of fantasy if you will to like talk about real life issues because this is the the game of a game and so we're allowed to we are maybe have different influences let's say um and I will say that I am interested to hear where you fall down on the um not reporting of what's happening but maybe the ingesting because I have had this week in particular, for the most part, I think I've been very, very realistic. I have two small children. I am at yeah. home. This has not been um, the year I thought it would be. Let's say that. And so, yeah. um, but, the, and, and there are some silver linings to that. But the thing that I keep sure. coming back to, and when we're looking at sports, which used to be or was asked to be a distraction from all of this, an escape, 
is now a microcosm for how the hell is any of this going to work? And so, you know, we've mentioned this before. I feel like we're under a little bit of a microscope. And it seems like there is a there is half of the population that is loving watching the world burn. And it does feel that way. And people don't like me to say that, but it does feel sometimes like people are loving the drama attached to all of this. And then it feels like the other half of the population is ignoring the fact that indeed the world is burning and those are truths. And I'm kind of sitting in the middle with a bucket of water being like, well, what are we doing about it? Like, can we, can we just stop screaming about the fire and try to put it out or try to get creative Jackie Pepper, our producer has been pontificating about a potential bubble situation for the NFL. And it wasn't until the Marlins had their big oopsie earlier this week that people were like, Oh, Maybe what Fauci said about an NFL bubble isn't crazy. And now the NBA starts tonight. That's a bubble league. WNBA, by the way, crushing it. One, as far as I'm aware, one positive COVID test. That's it. Nobody going to Magic City for wings. WNBA. (laughs) And so. Those wings look, those wings look pretty good though. I mean, let lemon pepper wet all the way. You know that I'm, nobody doesn't, nobody messes with wings as well as I do. I'm sorry. (laughs) But. There is a a personal frustration. And when I'm talking about these players, I'm sort of like, can we, can we all just like think about being creative? Can we think about growth? Can we think about um, storytelling in a different way or working together in a different way? And again, not I have to, but I get to and the space between those things. Yeah, I think that this season is going to create many unique opportunities if it happens, by the way, because like if it doesn't happen, then it becomes it does become the have to situation, because then all of us as content creators are going to be like, what do we do now with September, October, all of these months that are usually taken up by football season and fantasy in particular is so regimented. And I think that's why I think it's been hard for people to just to be generous about it. I think it's been hard for people to get out of that mindset because fantasy is usually very it's a routine like week one week two week three it's kind of the same thing all over again it is it is frustrating to watch that happen and it's frustrating that we're at a point where you know this is everything is an argument about this uh you know and i think the nfl has definitely taken the approach of we're just going to act like it's normal and we're going to adjust as much as possible. But there's only so much you can adjust. There's only so much adjusting you can do. There's only so much in our day-to-day lives that, that you can do. And ultimately, I think that's what I thought when, when the whole Marlin situation happened. At the, at the beginning of the day, I felt like, well, of course it failed because they're not in a bubble, blah, blah, blah. You know, that, Of course it was going to fail. Then by the end of the day, I thought, well, clearly it's only failed because the team decided to ultimately not tell that they had positive cases. And it's just a, it is a microcosm of what we're all doing at this point because you can do the right thing. You can you know, wear your mask. You can stay inside, all of that. But ultimately, we're all counting on everybody else to do their part. And the rest of the MLB might have done their part. One team doesn't do their part, and now they're in this situation where two teams are, are are getting positive cases. They're having to cancel games, and we could easily be looking at a situation like that with the NFL in a couple of weeks, a couple of months. Who knows? Unless the NFL and you, I mean, this is the optimistic take. Unless the NFL says we're not going to be the MLB, we're not going to do that. We are learning from this example, whether it's a bubble situation or not. Like 
we are, and I totally agree. I had the same reaction over Tuesday. I started with a pit in my stomach and I'm not saying the pit in 2020 ever goes away. It never goes away. (laughs) Right. But, but, but I was able to exactly what you're saying, rationalize why this happened and come up with not a solution, but a reason. And then hoping that, you know, everybody can be trusted. Learn from that. that, Yeah. And, and that's like that at the heart of it is a team dynamic, the trust in one another to get the job done as a team. So, um, here we are trying to talk about fantasy. Um, let's talk about Clyde Edwards Hilaire because you did do the breaking news reaction. I'm interested to hear where you ranked him. And um, now we know that LaShawn McCoy definitely isn't signing with the Chiefs. Uh, but having a veteran come in or maybe relying on another veteran for what it's worth, I don't – I mean – I know you had Darwin Thompson. Now, every time I say his name, I just think about the meme that you described. Um, or yeah, I, I think about Daryl Williams, or Darrell Williams or Daryl Williams. I'm not quite sure how you pronounce his first name. But, you know, he was someone who we were waffling between the Williamses at certain points of the season. I think he's someone who is by no means exceptional, but can protect Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes can get the job done. And I'm not, again, saying that, He's, I'm not saying that he's going to be a fantasy relevant player over the season, but yeah, I, I do think that all of these things factor into the whole and the whole we are talking about is, is Clyde Edwards Hilaire. For sure. I, I, the way I viewed Clyde Edwards Hilaire before Williams opted out was that I thought he had a great floor because he's supposed to be a great pass catcher. I think he's going to be used that way. And look, you're going to get a ton of catches in the Chiefs offense, you're probably going to score some touchdowns. But at the same time, Williams clearly was going to cap the ceiling. Now I think he has access to that ceiling, which is still, you know, again, he's not going to get every touch in the backfield. But if he gets, you know, 60, 65% of the backfield touches, carries, and and catches on the Chiefs offense, that's better than getting it at 65% of a lot of other offenses. So when I look at just the ADP of running backs right now, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Zeke Elliott, Alvin Kamara, Derek Henry, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, Josh Jacobs. I'm definitely starting to think about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire right around that Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon break. I think I like him better than Nick Chubb. I definitely like him better than Aaron Jones, and I definitely like him better than Josh Jacobs. So I think he's a round one, two-turn pick. And I don't really see, other than the fact, it's the same, like, logic when Zeke was a rookie and people said, well, he's never played a snap in the NFL. Well, he hasn't played a snap in the NFL until he hasn't. So I I think, I don't think that there is a veteran. And and like I said, this doesn't mean he's going to handle like 350, 360 touches or something like that. That's not what my projections are going to have him do, but I think he's just got a great ceiling, great floor, best offense in the league, pretty straightforward. And the most proven asset is now gone. And I don't think there is a veteran on the market. You can miss me with Devonta Freeman. You can miss me with any of the other goofballs out there right now. I don't think there's a veteran on the market that really changes that equation. So I have him waffling between my RB six and my RB eight in that, yeah. in that realm. It depends on I mean, I'm not as high on Delvin Cook because I just don't, I can't believe that there is going, that he is going to exist, forgetting COVID for a second, given his ankle issues, though it was good. And we should probably let people in on this if they don't know that he, quote, reported to camp for whatever that means in 
terms of his holdout. Like that doesn't look like it's going to be an issue. So there's room for optimism there. Um, but the ankle issues and the durability concerns, I, I don't see him finishing 16 games. And that is why it's hard for me to rank him as I know he should be the RB six, right? I just yeah. personally have trouble doing it. So he's my RB eight. I like Nick Chubb because I like Nick Chubb's floor a little bit better than I believe in Dalvin Cook achieving his his ceiling. Totally, yeah. The, I mean, that is the range, though. Like, the, I think we're on the same page. He's running back six to eight. Um, the only guys that I think you that I would say you cannot, you know, take him take him before is. McCaffrey, Barkley, Elliott, Kamara, and Henry. And everybody, Ooh. and then ev- everything else is, I think is fair game. Awesome. All right. So we agree there. Do you have any takes in Green Bay? I mean, obviously, when the Funches, like all kidding aside, when the, and we know we talked about it a little bit with Charles, but when the Funches news broke, the Lazard King Truthers came out. <laughs> They're out. Force. That makes complete sense, right? I also saw some equanimous St. Brown. ESB, another um, <laughs> triple initial. Um, I saw some of those takes. I will say I am more, and I didn't say this while Charles was on, uh, I am a little bit more interested in Jay Sternberger. Your friend Marcus Grant went after me in a very playful, polite way and said that Jay Sternberger was going to be the next of the never to break out um, Jeff Janis S. Green Bay players, and I hear his point completely, but we do have to factor in that, you know, 63 targets are vacated by Jimmy Graham's exit, right? And Sternberger does really well, or at least he did. I think he scored 10 touchdowns over his last season at A&M. He shines in contested situations. He has enough speed to stretch the field. Um, And I can't imagine a world where it does not necessarily uh, Charles talked about all of the rest at the beginning of the season. It doesn't work out immediately, but I I can tell myself a story where Jay Sternberger from November on becomes Rogers favorite red zone target asterisk for whatever that's worth. Yeah. Fair point. Um, For what it's worth. Outside of Devontae Adams. Let me just, before everybody goes here. Uh, I might not mean anything, but I mean, he is, he did get put on the COVID list today, Jay Sternberger. So, I mean, which, you know, he can come off it. Yeah. He's got three weeks. So, but it's just the slow learning curve. Sternberger has no NFL catches on his resume, but I'm with you though, that like, he's definitely not somebody that I'm drafting, but when he starts to, you know, run 28 routes, 30 routes in a game, something like that, then you're starting to look at him as a waiver guy. It only really like this situation with Funchess. Because I'm with you. I was not like excited about Funches, but I thought he could provide something for that receiving core, maybe more than Charles does. Um, but it, this just solidifies my Devontae Adams is wide receiver one this this season and is going to have the season that Michael Thomas did last year take that was already written and up on the website. Uh, that's, you know, so I mean, it, it just for me, that's the only takeaway that I have from this is it just solidifies that stance. Are you moving Aaron Rodgers down? In your rankings no, at all? Not really. You know, maybe he's 10, 10, 10 to 13, something like that. I, I just don't think – I think Rodgers is going to have a pretty good season. I think they're going to end up throwing it more than they want to because I think this team is not going to be 13-3 good like they were last year. I think they were more like 9-7 and seven good last year, and I think that's probably the team that they'll be this year because they don't have a very good 
defense. And I think they'll, so I think they'll be throwing a lot more than they probably want to, which again, doesn't mean that Rogers is going to be, you know, a top five quarterback or anything, but I do think that it can fuel enough targets Devonte Adams way. I think we're going to end there, but before we do, we should let our listeners know that um, we'll be back on Monday. Yeah. Oh, Monday. Monday. <laughs> so starting next week, we'll have five episodes a week <laughs> with more hosts. <laughs> so get ready for opening kickoff. It'll be all the people, you know, it's going to be Andy Barron, Scott Pianowski, Don Nildon, Matt, myself, we're all going to rotate. We're all going to ask, um, guests to come on i know i had uh, mauricio gutierrez on last week and jason more of the fantasy footballers on the week before nailed the name thank you um so please come back we're gonna have maybe a new name big mm. reveal for the show but basically we're gonna be back five days a week to talk all the fantasy you can handle you want to say something Sorry, I, I cut I, I cut my camera cut out for a second. Um, no, I mean the only thing the only thing my big takeaway is, of course, like hell yeah, you know, more more of us is always good. More of the entire Yahoo family, and more of you know getting some other voices involved from outside of the Yahoo family, I think is going to be really cool. I know I've enjoyed doing. I did a pod with TJ Hernandez. I've got a pretty good one uh, scheduled for next week. It's all going to be a lot of fun. I will just say there's going to apparently be some new art for the podcast. RIP, uh, our little like detective um, shot. All fantasy dicks. Yeah, that's it's a it's a real shame that that one's going down. I'll always hold that dear in my heart. Same, same. All right, we're going to get out of here. Subscribe to the Yahoo Sports NFL podcast with Therese and Charles while you're at it. Thanks again to Charles and his mullet for coming on today. And just another <laughs> heads up that you can sign up for fantasy football on Yahoo. We got standard leagues. We got keeper leagues, tryout best ball. We got all the things to distract you from all the other things. Follow us on Twitter at Yahoo fantasy. I'm at Liz Loza underscore FF. And that is at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And we are out. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.